I'd like to uh, ask you to turn to 2 Samuel chapter 5. 2 Samuel chapter 5. When this service is finished, I'd like to ask you a favor, if you would. Uh, we will lead these young people down the center aisle the same way they came in. If you could just, uh, if you just hold steady for a moment when we finish with the blessing of God, and allow them to get out, they're going to. Uh, we're going to ask them to line up back there, so that you can greet them. We want you to meet them, meet these young people, and you're welcome to uh, shake their hands and. Tell them good things. Tell them their testimony was great. Right? Right, guys? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Second Samuel chapter 5. I'm going to be reading this text in a little bit. But I want you to know something. I, 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 I wanted to find a text and I wanted to find a message this morning. That, uh, that I, I want to focus on you nine people here in particular. Nine of you. And obviously, I, I certainly invite the rest of you to listen in. And next year, I'll be talking to you. You're seventh grade. You're going to be sitting over here next year, one year from now. But I want to talk to you today because I want you to understand something about God and about how God works in your life and how he works in my life and how he, and how he works in all of our lives. I want you to understand that God has a process in his work. He, he, there, is, there is a pattern in what God does. And the sooner we can understand that, the better off and the happier that we're going to be. Because where God is going to lead you, where God is going to take you, he may be able to reveal that now to you and speak to you about it. In fact, you may be even able to envision what God is going to do in your life. But understand this, there are steps, there are processes that you are going to go through in order to get to that point. <clears throat> David, the Bible says here, actually a couple of chapters later, the Bible tells us God is speaking and he says, David, I called you out of the sheepfold and from among the sheep. And I set you, he says, he says, I set you as the ruler over my people Israel, and I have been with you wherever you have gone. In other words, when God called David to be the king, you know what happened to David after? David wasn't a whole lot older than you are. And God called him to be the king of a nation. Now, David didn't go run out and says, oh boy, I'm the king. I'm the big number one here. I'm the, I'm the man. The Bible says he went back to the sheep and continued his responsibilities as a shepherd. And that's why we call David sometimes the shepherd king. He continued to watch over sheep until God moved him forward in his life and what God wanted him to do. We have not arrived yet. I have not arrived yet. None of us in this room have arrived yet. Because God takes us on a journey, and, eat, and that journey 
it requires us to take steps. It requires us to move according to how God wants us to move. Now, I know there's been several times that God has called on me to do something, and on my human nature, my human nature says, great, let's do that right now. And God says, whoa, wait a minute here, not right now. I'm going to take you through a process. I'm going to show you some things. I'm going to be doing some things. And I've learned this, that God does not present me with a menu of options. <coughs> he says only one thing, follow me. I will show you the way. He doesn't say, you have option A, B, C, or D. Which one would you like? He doesn't say that. God is, that isn't how God works. That's how we work, but that's not how God works. God says, follow me. I will order your steps. I will show you where to go. I'm thankful that God is willing to order my steps. And that usually requires this process that I'm talking about. Do you realize that in four months, you are going to be high school freshmen. You're going to be sitting in class as high school freshmen. Now, maybe your next goal is to say, Oh, I can't wait to graduate from high school. I'm going to get my diploma. I'm going to be a high school graduate. No, you're not. Not unless you take math. Not unless you take some English. But wait a minute. I don't like math. I'm with you. I don't like it either. <laughs> I don't like math, so therefore I'm not going to take it. Well, that, therefore you're not going to graduate. Why? Because there is a process. You understand that? There is a process. There are steps that you take in order to get that diploma, that high school diploma. And you'll find that out with college. You're going to find that out with virtually every area of your life. You're going to discover that God calls you to do things. And one of the things that I find with youth, and I also find it myself too, but... I find the great frustration in youth is that they often easily see something they desire but realize there is a process that you have to go through to get there to that desired point. I believe that there can be frustration because other people are, you know what, sometimes other people are doing things that you think you should be doing and in fact you're saying in your own mind, I could do it better than that guy. I've said that as a pastor. I've said that as a preacher. I've sat under some preaching and I said, boy, if I couldn't do any better than that, I'd quit. <laughs> I'm just being a little human with you here this morning. <laughs> I had it in my head that I was going to be, you know, my first church was a handful of people on a bad side of town and a little shacky church. I thought, hmm, what in the world is this all about? There are processes that you go through. There are things that you go through in your life that prepares you, listen to me, for the next step. There's a, humili there's a humbling process, too. God says, if you exalt yourself, listen to me carefully, this is for each of you, all nine of you. God says, if you exalt yourself, you're going to stumble around. You're going to make all kinds of bad mistakes and you're not going to get to where you wanted to go. But he says, if you'll allow me to humble you, then I will exalt you. 
And let me tell you something, when God decides to exalt you, it's a whole lot better and a whole lot bigger than you ever imagined. But it's God who will do it. It's God who does the exalting, not me. And the fullness of your time means the dreams that you're thinking of today, maybe. Sometimes our dreams have to catch up with the provision of God. David is anointed to be the king, and with this position and power also comes pressure. When you go from one level to the next level, there are new pressures. There are sometimes new enemies that you encounter. There are new responsibilities that come into focus. There are all these things, but listen, it's important to understand, you have been preparing for these things. What you did here prepared you for what you're going to do here. And what you do here is going to prepare you for what you'll do over here. Every step of your life prepares you for the next step that you are going to be taking. If you allow yourself to go through the process, and there's a lot of people that stop in the midst of the process, and guess what? You're not going to go any further. God doesn't give you a pass. This is not pass-fail. God doesn't give you a pass. Here, I'm going, to use these, I'm going to use these things. Right here. I got these. Ooh. This is step one. Okay, I'm on step one. And you want to get to step two. And that's going to be step three over there, okay? This is going to be step three. If you start here, you're good, fine. God says, okay, let, you're ready to go on to the next step. You're ready to go on in this new process that I'm working in your life. But you get in the midst of this process and you say, wait a minute, I don't like that. I'm going to park it right there, but I still want this. God says, you're not going to get this until you finish this. There is a process. And let me tell you something. There are people that are 40, 50, 60, 70, 80 years old that wanted this but they're stuck back here on this because they refuse to comply with the process that God was working in their life. Let God continue his work. Let God put you through that and work <clears throat> and help you in your life. Well, anyway, in my text, my text here in 2 Samuel chapter 5, verse 19, guess what? Here come the Philistines. We don't like those guys. We never have liked them. And the Bible doesn't like them. God doesn't like them. David didn't like them. And they're up against them. Shall I go up against the Philistines and will you deliver them into my hand? That's the big question here. David does not rely on his strength. David does not go out and say, look, I'm the king. I'm the king, and I'm in charge of this massive army back here, this massive army that can handle virtually anything. I'm the king, I have power, I have all of these resources and everything. What's David do? The Bible says, I fell to my knees, and I asked God, what do you want me to do? Folks, let's learn from this one. Let's really pick up on this one. He falls on his knees and he asks God a question. David has done something here that's very important for all of us in this room. David, said, 
David has learned to associate success with prayer and not with power and force. Prayer was more important to David, discovering what God wanted him to do and how God wanted him to do it. David discovered this was more important than flexing his muscle, his power, his force, or anything else. David is saying, I'm not going to engage in any kind of a battle at all without God at work. But then he goes on and says, but if God's on my side, I'll go up against any enemy that comes in front of me because God is there. You know, David's a man of passion, isn't he? David is a tremendous man of passion. When David speaks, he speaks with passion. When David goes about the things of his life, passionate people can walk into an empty place and see it full of people. Passionate people can take a piece of blank white paper and begin to say, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. That's passion. That's passion. David had it. David's got to, I want you to have it. I can't transfer that to you, but God can. God can give you passion. And I think there's, I think within the lives of several of you, there is a, there's something inside right here. It's a passion. And, and I'm praying that this morning as we pray with you and as God speaks into your heart, that that passion will begin to bring forth a wonderful blessing that God himself is going to bless. God's reminded us he wants us to seek him every day. You and I are not to rely on my own strength, my own abilities, my friends or anything else. David says, I want you to go into the battle only with I, when I am with you. And that was God's plan. And David gets a great victory. Hallelujah, David gets the victory. Let's all shout. Let's all dance about. Shout, we have got it. We won. Beat those Philistines. Great. Guess what? Verse 22 shows up and it says this. Then the Philistines went up again and deployed themselves against David. I want you to understand something. When God gives you a spiritual victory, that is not the time to just sit down on the stool and say, you know what, I got this thing beat. I really knocked this guy right out of the, right out of the, right out of the, the whole thing. I won. Because that's exactly the time when the enemy will do what is called a counterattack. That is when you are the most vulnerable is when you have gained the greatest victory in your life. You become vulnerable because you think, I have won, there is nothing else to do. And that's when the enemy mounts his counterattack and brings it on you. Now, this is critically important. And here comes the difference. Listen between the difference between tradition and relationship. Tradition 
and relationship here. Tradition says, I fought this thing this way before and I will do it this way again. This is how we fight the Philistines because that's what gave me the victory the last time. And so David is smart. David once again prays. He inquires of the Lord, verse 23, you shall not go up and encircle them and come upon them in front of the mulberry trees. God says, don't do it that way. You're not doing it that way this time. David prays, God, man after God's own heart, shall I go up? And God says, no, don't go up. And the lesson here is don't react to the same problem in the way, <clears throat> in the same way. God told David, I'm going to do this a different way. The last time I brought you out, this time I'm going to take you through. And this is why we proclaim, give us this day our daily bread. It doesn't come necessarily the same way as it came last yesterday. It comes a different way. And tomorrow it will come a different way. We, can't, we go to God and say, God, will you provide for my daily need? Will you, God, will you provide to give us victory over this enemy? There's nothing, nothing worse than trying to give God what he wants in the way he wanted it yesterday. God told David, don't do anything. Wait on me. Just wait on me. Waiting is a war tactic. Waiting is a war tactic. One of you mentioned this here in your testimony, and I appreciated hearing it. Waiting means this. Waiting means to hang up the phone. Waiting means to turn off Facebook. Waiting means to turn off instant messaging. Waiting means to simply draw the drapes. Waiting means to lock the door, lock yourself in, let God talk to you. Your iPhone does not have the message of God on it. It will not come that way. It will come this way. Deep within your heart. Learn his voice. Learn the whisper of God in your life. I believe God told me to speak this to you today because he wants to remind you to allow him to walk with you and guide your life even in your footsteps. And then in verse 24 it says, and it shall be when you hear the sound of marching Listen, the sound of marching in the top of mulberry trees. God says, I'm doing it different this time. This time, I'm bringing a whole cloud of angels. And you're going to hear them. They're in the tops of those mulberry trees. You hear them? You hear them? They're there. That's how I gain the victory. David, watch this. And the day is won. The day is won. When you move with God, listen to me, young people. When you move with God, don't look at your enemy. Don't look at your storms. Don't look at your problems, your inadequacies. But trust God to deliver you. Trust God to be strong. And finally, I want you to live not just for the day, but to give you a dream in your heart and a purpose in your life. And then stay the course. And you'll gain a growing confidence in yourself. But even more than that, you'll gain a growing confidence in what God will do in your life. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the word. 
for instructing us. Let the blessing of God and the fullness of your touch be upon these lives today as we recognize what you are doing in their life. And we thank you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ the Lord. Amen. Amen.